Well, today we are going to conclude our series, All I Want for Christmas. If you could have one thing and one thing only for Christmas, what would you ask for? A trip to Paris? Diamond ring? How about a bright red sports car? Well, today I'd like to say that all I want is for everyone to have a Merry Christmas. And not Merry as in M-E-R-R-Y, but Merry as in M-A-R-Y. When you look at the Christmas story, of course, Jesus is the main attraction. Jesus is what Christmas is all about. Without him, there would be no Christmas. Christmas is God giving to man his very best gift, the gift of his son. But God used man, or in this case, woe man, to deliver his gift, literally. See, God always uses man to deliver his gifts. We, his children, are his hands, we are his feet, we are his voice. In this case, Mary was his womb. Yes, Jesus is the main attraction of Christmas, and we all need to remind ourselves of that this morning. Yes, he is God's greatest gift, but I say this morning, let's not forget about the process. And let's not forget to honor the person that allowed God to use them to be the delivery method. Well, today I want to honor Mary, the mother of Jesus. See, see, there are some attributes that she had that, that we would do well to adopt. We find her story recorded in Luke chapters 1 and 2. That's the one I'm going to be referring to this morning. So today, I want to make an acrostic out of Mary's name. And with each letter of her name, I'm going to suggest some lessons that we can learn from her. Let's get started this morning. For, for, for the first letter of her name, which of course is the letter M, let me suggest this morning that she maintained a humble spirit. Mary maintained a humble spirit. Just think about the honor that was bestowed upon Mary when she was chosen to give birth to the Son of God. Just think about what it must have done for her resume. See, see, you need to understand that Mary was just a teenager, most scholars believe, maybe as young as 13 or 14. We also need to understand that she came from Nazareth. Now, Nazareth was on the wrong side of the tracks. Nazareth had a bad reputation. No, nobody bragged about being from Nazareth. In fact, Nathaniel said in John chapter 1 and verse 46, he said this, he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? See, see, Mary couldn't boast about her family or her hometown or any other thing until, until she was chosen to become the mother of God. 
we can learn from Mary. She maintained a humble spirit. She, she didn't allow her new position to make her proud. In verse 48, Mary said about herself, she said, for he, speaking of the angel or of God, said, for he has regarded the lowly state of this maidservant. Mary remembered who she was. She remembered where she came from. She did not allow her new position to make her proud. We can learn from Mary. Amen. I said, we we can learn from Mary. May we never allow our position or our possessions or our prestige to to puff us up and make us proud. Paul writes in Romans 12 and 3, he says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Have a merry Christmas. Instead of allowing her position to make her proud, she, she praised God for her blessing. We find that in verses 46 through 49. Let's, let's read it. Verses 46 through 49. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And James chapter 1 and verse 17 says that every good and every perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the Father of lights. We need to remember, friends, that we have nothing to boast about. Nothing to boast about. Yes, yes, everything right in our lives, everything productive, everything positive, everything that might be impressive, everything that might be worthwhile. It's all because of him and not because of us. See, the truth of the matter is he uses us in spite of us, not because of us. So let's learn from Mary and maintain a humble spirit. She praised God for her blessing. Well, let's look at the letter A in the acrostic of Mary's name as we learn from her today. And I want to suggest that, that Mary acknowledged her limitations. She acknowledged her limitations. See, her assignment would require a miracle. Let's go, let's go back to the story in, in, Luke chapter, in Luke chapter 1. Verse 31 through 38. It says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. I've never been intimate with a man is what she is saying. I'm a virgin is what she is saying. How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One, which is to be born, will be called the Son of God. 
Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. See, what would happen through Mary had never happened before in history and would never happen again. Here's what I know. God often gives us assignments that seem impossible to us. Even as Mary that was said, how in the world could this be? And so often God gives us assignments that seem impossible to us, but never forget what Jesus said in Luke 18 and 27. Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Listen to me, friends. If God can cause a virgin to birth a child, he can do anything. So when your situation seems impossible to you or the assignment God has given to you seems impossible, remember Mary. There has been no greater miracle than the one she participated in. And I tell you this morning that if God can do this through her, he can do the miraculous through you. Here's what scripture teaches us. And that is God tends to use the modest to work the magnificent. God tends to use the modest to work the magnificent. Verse 48 tells us Mary was modest and humble. Before participation in the birth of Jesus, society would definitely not have labeled her a superstar. Quite to the contrary. You may say, Pastor, God couldn't use me. Uh, I'm a nobody. God couldn't use me. I'm nothing special. God couldn't use me, Pastor. I'm very ordinary at best. Then I say, you are exactly who God is looking for. You are exactly who God is looking for. Because Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 31, Paul says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not in to bring to nothing the things that are. And here's the reason, verse number 12, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. God does things in such a way that when it is done, everyone knows it had to have supernatural intervention. Well, let's look at the R in the acrostic of the name Mary, I want to suggest that she refused to allow her present circumstances to dictate her future. 
We can learn from Mary. She refused to allow her present circumstances to dictate her future. See, see, there was nothing about her present that would indicate a bright future. I mean, repeat, she was poor. She was from an undesirable place. Nazareth was, was on the wrong side of the track. She was very young. There was nothing going on in her present that would say that she was going to have an incredible future. She? Mary? Her? She would give birth? Even though she was a virgin? And her child would be the son of God? And yet Mary refused to allow her present circumstances to dictate her future. Here's what I know this morning, and that is her faith was greater than her fear. Her faith was greater than her fear. Did she have fear? Yes, she had fear. Did she have questions? Yes, she had questions. But her faith was greater than her fear. Let's go back to the story in Luke chapter 1. Let's read verses 28 through 30. And having come in, the angel said to her, speaking to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you you have found favor with God. And verse 38 says, Then Mary said, Behold, the man's servant, maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. All I want for Christmas is for you to have a merry Christmas. I pray that your faith, like Mary's, will be greater than your fear. That whatever God might call you to do, like Mary, you will say, may God's word for me become a reality in me. May my faith be greater than my fear. Not only was her faith greater than her fear, but her faith remained strong even when she faced opposition. You know, when we read the Christmas story or it is acted out in a program, it, it sounds so, so sweet. It, 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 it sounds so intriguing. Actually, it was very stressful. In reality, the Christmas story, it was very stressful. It was very challenging. It was very, 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 very difficult for everyone who was a part. Joseph, he kind of gets overlooked in the story. I'm not saying that Joseph played an equal part with Mary, but, but just think how traumatic it must have been for him. He's engaged to a young girl. He has plans for them. And I promise you, His plans do not include a baby. He's all in for the process, but... (laughs) 
his plans do not include a baby, not anytime soon at least, and certainly not a baby that he didn't seed. And think about what his fiancée's pregnancy must have done to his reputation. What about my future father-in-law? And this young stud, I mean groom, would not be consummating his marriage until after the birth of the baby. That'd make any young groom's eyes bug out. Oh, come on. This is not children's church, folks. Think think of the parents of both bride and groom and the possible trickle-down effects that they would encounter. And for Mary, the list just goes on and on and on of what she would have to endure. All the whispers, all the rumors, all the talking behind her back. And actually... The law said she could be stoned for being pregnant without a husband. Who would stand beside her? Who failed to stand beside her? Would she fit into her wedding dress? Could she even have a public wedding? Mary's faith remained strong even when she faced Opposition, but I ask you this morning, how about us? How about, is our faith greater than our fear? Does our faith remain strong even when we face opposition? Or does our faith falter? All I want for Christmas is for us to have a Merry Christmas. M A R. Why? Mary maintained a humble spirit. She acknowledged her limitations. She refused to allow her present circumstances to dictate her future. And for the letter Y in our acrostic of her name, I submit that she yielded to God's plan for her life. Verse 38, Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Just think about it. She was young, maybe 13, maybe 14 years of age. She she had her entire adult life ahead of her. Perhaps she had her own plan. Maybe she had dreams of her own. I certainly did. Being a pastor was not my idea. I said, being a pastor was not my idea. I had several different dreams at different times in my early life. At one point, I wanted to be a vet. Dr. Benson. At one time, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Well, God knew I wasn't smart enough to be a vet and not talented enough to be a pro ball player, so he called me into the ministry. (laughs) 
I don't know, perhaps Mary had her own plan for her life, would you think? And yet she yielded to what God planned for her. And here's what I know this morning, and that is God has a personal plan for all of us. And his plans may or may not fit into our personal plans. But I have learned that God's plans are always better than our plans. Now I want you to notice I didn't say bigger. I didn't say bigger. I didn't say God's plans for us is always bigger than our plans. I said they're always better. Because here's what I've learned, and that is if our capacity doesn't match bigger, then bigger will not be better. Everybody always says bigger is better. Not always. Not always. If our capacity does not match bigger, then bigger will not be better. Bigger will be a burden. And often what we ask for and what we wish for does not line up with our capacity to handle. There was a certain man whose wife turned 40. And he said to her, he said, I ought to trade you in for two 20-year-olds. And his wife said to him, you may want 220, but you're only wired for 110. (laughs) Here's what I know. God knows that when bigger does not match our capacity, it becomes a burden. And often when we're asking God for something bitter, uh, something bigger, and we don't get it, often we're angry, we're upset with God, when actually God's doing us a favor because God loves us so much, he knows that our capacity, we do not have the capacity for the bigger that we're asking for and, and saying that we want. See, I believe God gives us what we would want if we were only smart enough to want it. All I want for Christmas is for all of us to have a merry Christmas, as in seeking to adopt the attributes of the mother of Jesus. Our takeaway for the message today is this, a merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y, will lead to a merry Christmas, M-E-R-R-Y. Father, I just pray today that you will take these few words that have been shared, Father, based upon your infallible, life-changing, life-altering, miraculous word. And God, I pray today that you will do what I am unable to do. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will do your work in this house. All for the glory of God, I ask in Jesus' name.